Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Man, the Ibex. So Habakkuk is watching these animals scale mountains and uh, steep, steep cliffs. And uh, if we go back to that verse, uh, maybe it'll mean a little more to you now. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high hills. So I want to talk to you today about the power of God to, um, to, to make us able to do stuff that we couldn't do before. So I know that looked like a wall. That was actually 2020. That's what that was. That was that was them climbing 2020. Um, but uh, I want to talk to you about the power of God, specifically with regard to us. We can just leave that passage up. That's like the only passage all day long. That's why I made it extra big because um, it's so huge. It's the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. Um, and, it's, and, I, and I said hills. I went back last week. I know Poppy. I know Poppy's here. But she thought I said heels. That's because she's from Texas. Um, in the rest of the world, hills and heels are two completely different words. So he doesn't make you walk in your high heels. Otherwise, I would say heels. They're also spelled differently. Um, and uh, I know the first time I moved down to the south, uh, I was in West Virginia, and there was this joke going around. They said, uh, they, like, like they kept saying, it didn't make sense to me. They kept saying, what's the deal? pickle and I said well that's true there are such a thing as dill pickles I don't know how that relates to any kind of expression that one might say but apparently dill and deal are the same thing down in the south and so anyway he's not making us walk on our high heels otherwise I would say heels he's making us walk on high hills thus I say hills h-i-l-l-s that's how that's pronounced y'all um, that's how that, that works. Um, and and, 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 and what's, what's really interesting about this, this is the end. This is the conclusion. This is the final point of Habakkuk. Uh, he's, Habakkuk's been going through a lot of trouble. He's been going through a lot of difficulty. And it's the perfect passage, the perfect uh, book of the Bible for 2020. Um, but it has a beautiful conclusion. And the conclusion is that the Lord God is my strength. And it's not just the word God. He throws in the word Lord in there. And it's all caps, the word Lord, which means uh, this is the sovereign God. If, if you're reading the NIV, it says the sovereign God. So he's acknowledging something about God that he wasn't acknowledging at the beginning of the book. That God is, in fact, in control. And because he is in control. This is the kind of God that we serve. He's a God who's in control. The sovereign God, the Lord God, is my strength. And I like how he says it here because he doesn't say that the sovereign God will give me strength. It says that the sovereign God is my strength. He himself is my strength. And so I, I think it's very important as we dive into the rest of 2020 and as we start thinking about 2021 and as we're going through the difficulties of the pandemic, as we're going through the difficulties of, of uh, death in the family, as we're going through, and it's not even related to COVID, right? As we're just going through the difficulties of life, we need to understand that the Lord God is our strength. He's not just the source of strength. He's not just the giver of strength, but he himself is our strength. And so, and so what that means is that strength is not the absence of weakness. 
to borrow another saying that we like to say, uh, strength is not the absence of weakness. Strength is the presence of Jesus in our life. Because the Lord himself, so if you're feeling weak today, uh, don't, don't pray and ask God for strength. Because it's not a deficiency issue. You're not, you're not lacking strength, you're lacking the presence of Jesus in your life. So it's not a deficiency issue, it's a distance issue. You, need, you, don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to work on your deficiency, you just need to cover the distance. Because the Lord God is my strength by himself. He is my strength. His presence is my strength. That's why he's constantly saying, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. That's what Jesus told his disciples when he was about to go up in the cloud. He said, never be afraid. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. This is his great promise to us. And in that promise is this right here, this word strength. The Lord is my strength. That David said, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God has given me something to walk through it. No, because God is with me himself. The proximity. So power is really just a matter of proximity to Jesus. The level of strength you have, the level of power you have, is the level of proximity you have to Jesus. You say, well, I've already met him. I've already committed my life to him. Well, congratulations. That's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning of it. That's why, that's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He starts there, and then he goes through this whole psalm of all these different things that we will face as the Lord is our shepherd. Because it's the beginning of the journey. It's the beginning of the relationship. It's the start of strength. It's the start of power. It is the beginning. When you open up your heart to Jesus and you begin to let him in, that's when you begin to have strength. You begin to have power. But beginning strength is one thing, but 2020 requires a whole different kind. that, That wall requires, I am a beginning climber. I am not ready to scale that wall or even the stuff that Roe does at Crux. You know, I've done like, you know, rock climbing and stuff. And I did this one that was like a sharp overhang for like six feet. And I had to dangle by my fingers and then wrap around and climb up the. And, you know, I'm skinny enough to wear it. That's fine. But I'm not like, I'm not ready for that kind of, you know, no ropes, no straps, no nothing. She's like, I'm not, just, just for some salt? Like, no, that, that's okay. I don't, I don't need all that. It's the beginning, but there, there are stages, and God wants to bring us along these stages. So if you're at the beginning, that, that, that's great, and you might look at some of the stuff other people are going through and think, man, I could never go through that. I could never do that. I would never be able to hold on to my faith through that, and that's probably true right now. But there are stages, and the stages are not like how long you go to church. The Lord is my strength, not my church attendance. It's not how long, because some people are like, man, I've been safe longer than them. I don't know why they're, like, who cares? It's not, it's not, a, it's not a time frame thing. That's why, that's why sometimes people who are freshly, newly saved actually trample over people who have been in the church for years. Because it's not a matter of how long, or it's not, it's not like you, you don't get like seniority around here. That's not how that works. The Lord is my strength, not my faithful church attendance, not my tithing, not my obedience. The Lord is my strength, not my ability to learn from each and every circumstance and situation. The Lord is my strength. That's why there are people that, like, they, like they, they, they just put their faith in Jesus yesterday, and they're already scaling these, these mountains. You're like, how are, you, how are you doing that? The Lord is my strength. 
It is not just a matter of, of, of mental uh, attrition that I have to have X amount of sermons behind my, under my belt and I got to learn X, Y, Z. I have to know all the theology. No, theology is not my strength. The Lord is my strength. The presence of the Lord in my life. All those things are good, by the way. Church attendance, tithing, theology, learning, preaching, uh, listening to sermons, listening to Christian music. Those are all good things, but they will, they're not substitute for the Lord. And the, the beauty is that Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. So you don't have to go find God. You just have to open up your heart to him. Man, you just have to open up your life to him. You have to open up your mind to him. You say, well, I've already opened up my heart. Well, okay, fine. You let him, you let him in the front door, and he's been hanging out in the living room, but have you let him in the kitchen? <laughs> have you let him come into the kitchen? No, it's kind of messy. I, don't wanna, I, I need to clean it up first. That's the problem. You're trying to get strength before the one who is strength can, can walk into that, that messy area of your life. No, man, he is Mr. Clean. Come on, somebody. He is like, uh, no, he's not a bald white guy. But he is, he is strength. He is power. The change you want to see in your life is, the, is resolved by the presence of Jesus in your life. And so the Lord himself, he's not removed. He doesn't hand out strength like a present, and like it's, it's absent from him. He gives it to us. No, I mean, he does give strength, but it comes from his presence. It comes from allowing him into our home. It comes from allowing him into every corner of our home, from the kitchen to the bedroom, down the hallway to that closet that you haven't walked into. Even during quarantine, you still haven't figured out how to go into that closet. Like, it is allowing the presence of Jesus permeating ever deeper in the heart of an individual. That is the levels of strength. That's the levels. That's the progression. Which means you can jump from level 0 to level 10 today. Just simply by opening up all of yourself to him. That immediately, without training, without Bible college. I mean, Romeo is a perfect example of that. Without, without all the stuff that people think you have, to, all the hoops you have to jump through, without knowing when to stand and when to sit, or without memorizing all the Bethel songs, there is a strength for you in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus himself is knocking on our door. This is what God is saying to Habakkuk. He's like, Habakkuk, I am here for you. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. You've just rejected me because you think you need all this other stuff. And now finally Habakkuk says, no, I understand it now. The Lord is himself. He is my strength. If I have him, I have strength. If I have him, I have power to face whatever it is that I'm facing. It's not about deleting deficiency. It's about uh, covering distance, that we cover the distance between Jesus and us, that we allow him to come into our heart. And whatever distance there is from the very center of your being to him, that, that's covered, and you allow him to walk into that, that he himself is our strength. He says, the Lord is my strength. And, and that word strength uh, is, is something I want to focus on for just a minute. In the original language, um, I always like to use blueletterbible.org. If you guys have been coming to City Chapel for a while, you know that. It's a free resource, and it allows you to just look up any passage and check out the original uh, language on it. One of the things that they have that I love is it's called the biblical um, outline, the outline of biblical usage. So every word will give you an outline of biblical usage. In other words, it'll give you the different words that that word is translated in different passages throughout the Bible, just to give you an idea of what this means by strength. Because when I think of strength, I think of, I think of muscles, you know. 
Um, I think of like power. Uh, strength is power, and that certainly is. There's actually four different ways this word is used throughout the Bible. So, boom, there's my four points. Uh, this, these, this is what the Lord is. The Lord is, number one, power or might. He is strength. Power is, is something that in, in a human sense you have to build up. You have to build up through resistance. You have to build up through correct eating. You have to build up through good sleeping habits. You have to build up through a long process, right? I don't really know what that process is like, but I read, I've read about it. It's, it sounds arduous, and thus I have never embarked upon it. Uh, actually, I did. When I was 14, you, you might not believe it, I was skinnier than I am now. That's right. I, I was 100, I was like 100 pounds. I was like 100 to 105 pounds. I mean, just nothing. And I, I was 14, and I decided, man, I, I want to get bulked, bulked up a little bit. I want to do some weightlifting. And so for Christmas, I got, I, one, one of our friends had this old weightlifting machine with a, with, with, with a, with a dumb, I don't know, dumbbells and like a bar. And, 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 and I got a bunch of weights, and I was committed. I, was, I got some protein shakes. This is, back, this is back in the 90s when protein shakes were terrible. They tasted like chalk, ground down chalk, you know, and it's just awful. And so I decided, man, I'm going to drink protein every day. I'm going to go out in the garage. I'm going to work out every day, and I did. And literally within three months, I gained like 25 pounds of muscles. That's right. That's right. I was doing like, I was doing, I don't know. I was doing like, I was doing like five reps of 30 pounds on each bicep and then 30 pounds on each tricep. That was, I, I, I thought that was pretty good. I was doing the 150 like pound row on my back and I'd maxed out. Like that's all the weights I had. So for my birthday, my birthday's in April. I'm like, I need more weights so that I can continue this. And I was big into soccer too. And so I found that when I was working out my legs, I could run a little bit faster. And I was like, man, this is great. And so I'm working out. Well, then it started to get hot in the garage because April, you know, now you guys wouldn't think it was hot, but in Michigan, it was like 80 degrees outside and it was hot in the garage. I'm telling you, it was tough. I've come a long way. I, you know, like, I'm doing outdoor outreaches at 95 degrees now. I'm, I'm, I'm on my high hills, man. I'm like the Ibex climbing up there in the steep hills of Texas, but I was out, and I had the fan blowing on me, you know, and I'm dying, and finally I'm like, wait a minute, I'm at 130 pounds, right? That's pretty good, so I think if I get any more, you know, it's just going to turn to flab by the time I'm 40 anyway, so I, like, unless I maintain it, I'm like, I don't want so what am I fighting for? So I, I sold all my weights, sold the, the weight machine, and I was just done with that part of my life. Um, so I understand a little bit about the dedication that it takes, but I was just like, I, I, I was so done with it. But it is true, in, in the physical world, strength is built up by resistance, by, by bulking up your muscles, by working hard. But in the spiritual world, strength is built up by submitting to the presence of God in your life, which is actually a lot harder, having done both, for a little bit. Having tried both, I will tell you, uh, dying to your flesh is a whole lot harder than getting up, drinking some protein shakes, and working out. Because, because it, but it, but it's, it works the opposite muscle. 
Because the, the muscle it takes to build physical power, physical strength, is the, is, 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 is the determination, I'm going to do this. And that's where some of that heavy metal music actually comes in handy. That'll, that'll help get you fired up in that. And I wasn't even allowed to listen to secular music, so I was out there rocking out to Rich Mullins, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, like, you know, you're just like, okay, I'm going to do this. But the difference is in spiritual strength is built up from submitting to the presence of God in your life, which means I'm not going to do this. It's the ability to hold yourself back from doing what you feel like doing, what you would do if it were up to you, what you want to do, submitting your will for the will of God in your life. And that muscle is a whole different muscle. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, the, kind of, it's the kind of muscle that is really lacking, honestly, in 2020. It's the, it's the ability to, to stay with something. It's the ability, sometimes the strength that we need is just like those ibex on the side of that mountain. Like the ability to hold on to the thing that you started and not just jump to the next thing when the next thing comes around. And so the ability to hold on and to stay on the mountain, on the side of the mountain, however steep it is, however difficult it is, the ability to commit, and commit by commit I mean that you continue to do what you said you would do long after the emotions leave that were present when you said you would do it. And that's true for uh, marriages, that's true, heck, that's true for children, that's true for, that's true for, all, for your workplace. I mean, so much of us, we are lacking the ability to stick with something. And so the muscle that helps build your, build your physical strength is, I'm going to start something. But the muscle that helps build your spiritual strength is, I'm going to stick with something that I already started. And it's a whole different muscle. And it's a lot more tricky and it's a lot more difficult but here's the key you don't have to have that strength because the lord is my strength the lord is my stickability the lord is my staying power the lord is my steadying hand the lord is my calmer the lord is my wait uh wait 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 until wait until the lord is the strength, as scripture says, at my right hand. In other words, he's, he's the one that I lean on. The Lord is, the Lord is my, 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 my ability to lean. He's my, he's, he's my foundation and my fortress. He's my strength. He's my might. And so you don't have to work it up. You don't have to say, I'm, I am sticking with it. I am sticking with it. It's not a muscle that you work. It's a, it's a, it's a person that you submit to. You, you open up yourself to him. And he is your stickability. He is your strength, which is one of the reasons why many of us don't have staying power is because we haven't allowed him to come into our lives. And yet the Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He didn't, Paul didn't say, look, I am sure that I got the strength to make it through this. I'm going to hold out to the bitter end. I'm going to be faithful to God. That's what Peter said before he denied Jesus. So you can have trust in your own power. You can have trust in your own strength. But real power comes from the presence of God in my life. That I am persuaded that he is able, that he is able to keep what I've committed. I do the committing, he does the keeping. I do the committing, he does the keeping. I submit it to him, and he holds on to it. I open up myself to him, and he comes into my life. I don't know how I'm going to stay on this track. I don't know how I'm going to maintain this. But this is what the enemy will come to you and say. We'll say, well, okay, you're, you're good. You're only three feet off the ground, though. What about when you get up there? It's a much bigger fall up there. 
It's a, there's a lot more risk up there, and the enemy will start talking to you. But here's, here's, here's a back answer to the enemy. The Lord is my staying power. The Lord is my strength. He is himself, his presence. This is how I will stand on my high heels. This is how I will stay with what I committed. This, this, this is how my marriage will be here after 30 years. It is not the fact that I am some great husband. It's really not. It is the Lord who is my staying power. It is the Lord that, 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 that convinces me and holds me and keeps me in the place that I committed to be. And same thing with my wife, same thing with Roe. I'm trusting the Lord to hold her, keep her around. You know what I'm saying? I'm trusting the Lord. to. And, and this is the beauty. This is the, and I know this is just a marriage uh, parable, but, but there are several other ways in which when God comes into your life, strength moves into your life. This is true in a marriage. This is true in parenting. This is true, heck, this is true in a church. When a church opens up themselves to more than just the traditions of men, they open up themselves to the presence of God. Suddenly there is strength, there is consistency, there is fortitude, there is power in the name of Jesus. Not just the name, but in the person of Jesus. When he is permitted, when close proximity is achieved, then power is present. Like, not the kind of power that you have to work on for 30 years to finally get to the place where, okay, now I'm going to be the world's best husband. No, the kind of power where because God is in our marriage, our marriage is solid. Because God is in our marriage, our marriage is secure. There is strength. Whatever area you allow God to move into, you will see an abundance of strength rise up in that area. And whatever area you hold him off in, that's where weakness will be present. Because, because weakness is not the absence of strength. It's the absence of God. It's the absence of the presence of Jesus. Because God himself is my strength. So this, the, the first one is might or power. The second uh, uh, biblical usage is ability. Uh, the word strength means power, yes, but it also means capabilities or ability. And, 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 and in, in, in other words, God is not just the who of my life. God is also the how of my life. Well, how are you going to uh, change, turn, turn your life around? Well, God. Yeah, but I was really wondering more of a, a, a plan, right? Step one, step two. Oh, yeah. Step one, God. Step two, God. Step three, God. Well, that doesn't sound very intellectual here. I thought we were going to come and you're going to give us three easy steps to having greater strength in my life. Yeah, this is three steps. God, it's one, God is number two, and then God is number three. Now, if you skip number one, it's okay. Just do number two. If you can't figure out number two, you can always skip right to number three if you like. <laughs> you just got promoted. You're right on to step three. Because it, ne it, it, it never changes. It literally never changes. Now, there are some good advice. You can go to counselors. You can get some good coping mechanisms for different stuff. That's all true. But the, at the end of the day, my ability is God. God is my ability. You say, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. How is God your ability? Well, the Lord God is my ability. He is the one who makes my feet capable or able to do what my feet are not able to do on their own. Does that make sense? The Lord God is my strength. He will make. He will make. He will create. He will adjust. He will 
Now, now, this is a big jump, right? He's going from human feet to deer feet. You saw, you saw those Ibex's feet. They got the little split little hooves, and they're all ambidextrous and stuff, and it's got the little back thing on the back. Like, that's quite different from my current appendages. I don't have anything like that. I don't have any, I don't, there's, there's nothing like that down here. But Habakkuk says, look, the Lord God is my ability. He will make. He will change me. He will literally change my, 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 my makeup. Like the way you were born is not the way you were meant to die. You were born a certain way. And if you stubbornly hold on to the way that you were born, you'll never figure out who you were meant to be. He says, the Lord is my strength. He will make. He will create. Uh, remember, there was a woman in the New Testament with the issue of blood, and she had, for 12 years, she had suffered some kind of wound or some kind of trauma. Come on, somebody. 12 years of trauma will eventually... She, she tried to get healed in every way she knew how. She went to every doctor she could. She didn't get any better. Instead, she got worse. And she said something, though, where, where before she was able to touch Jesus, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, then I will be made and this is the key. It is about proximity to Jesus. If I can get close to Jesus, then he will make. He will transform. He will do something that, yeah, is miraculous. It's absolutely miraculous that Habakkuk's feet should turn into deer's feet. I don't think he's physically saying that. But he is recognizing the massive transformation that comes to those people who come close to Jesus. And so you say, well, how is God your capability? How is he your ability? Well, he is the one who makes my feet like dear feet. He is the one who changes me. He is the one who makes me able to do. Like, if you understood the power of Jesus, if you understood what God could do to your feet, you would understand the promises he made you about the mountain. See, sometimes we read the promises of God. God's talking about all this great stuff for us, for our marriage, for our kids, for our finances, for our health. And we're like, wow, that's really great and everything. But I don't see how I could do that. And it's absolutely true. I don't see how I could climb my high hills either. I don't have the ability for that. And so we write off the promise of God because we discount the power of God. If you understood the power, what the power of God could do to your feet, and I'm not saying physical feet, I'm saying men mental feet, emotional feet, relational feet. I'm saying if you knew what God could do, to, because we get stuck with our trauma, and we just figure that our trauma has had about these particular effects, and those particular effects are immovable. And it's simply not true. The woman with the issue of blood had 12 years worth of trauma, and she said, wait, if I can get in close proximity with him, he will make, he will do something that deletes my trauma and the effects of my trauma. So it doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't go back on my past. He transforms me right here and right now. And the power, that's the power of God, to create ability where there is no ability. To create uh, giftings, where there are no giftings. To, like, I, I used to be a terrible speaker, just on a natural sense. Like, I was, I was a t horrible stutterer, and I still kind of stutter sometimes even now because I get all excited, and I get preaching, and I get... Da -da 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 -da. Well, it used to be really bad. Like, I'd be in the backseat of the car, and Mom would ask me a question, and it would take me, you know, a few minutes to answer because I just couldn't get it out. And then uh, at age 14, God speaks to me about being a preacher. And I'm like, yeah, right. That's never going to work. That's insane. I don't have the ability for that. You would be, if you knew what, what power God has over your feet, over your mouth, 
over your mind, over your emotions, over your first instinct, over your reaction, over your, your Facebook etiquette. If you knew what power God has over you and over your, your, just you, the way you were born, the way you are, if you knew how God could just change that in a moment, flip it, transform it, renew it, make it new, completely renovate it, then his promises would make a lot more sense. Because he promises things that you're like, I could never do that. Well, that's sort of the point. The Lord is my strength. He will make. God never wants to give his glory over to just, well, that's just you. You were always that great at that, weren't you? That's why he rarely calls people who are just always great at that. He rarely calls people that were just, oh, that's what scripture says. Not many of us were rich. Not many of us were wise. Not many of us were all the kind of stuff you think you would need to be if you're starting a New Testament church. And, and yet it says, but that's not, that's not the point. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. He transformed us. He did, he took somebody like, 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 like the apostle John, or the disciple John, who was, who Jesus called the son of thunder, Right, because he's calling down lightning and thunder over this particular village. Like, like, you know, they didn't like his preaching. So he talked to Jesus, him and his brother James. How about we just call down fire on them from heaven and just kill everybody? <laughs> this, this, this guy's a loose cannon. You don't, you don't want this guy on Facebook. You don't want to let this guy out. He's not with us. He uh, does not go to the church. Jesus is preaching about loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you. This guy doesn't get a like on Facebook, and he wants to blow the whole city up. He's like, let's just bomb them, nuke them all. And he's serious. He's not joking. He's not just, it's not, this isn't hyperbole. John's ticked, man. These ungrateful punks, I'll show them. Let's call fire down on them. <laughs> we'll just fry them. We'll see how they like that. And Jesus says, man, you don't know what spirit you're of. And he calls him the son of thunder, but after the day of Pentecost, after, this is why Jesus said, look, 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 look. He, look, Jesus dies, he's resurrected, he meets with the disciples. He's like, guys, look, I've done everything. I, I've died, I've risen from the dead. I'm the power to forgive sins, the presence of God in your life. This is, it's all there. But uh, we don't want you to talk to anybody. He actually says, wait in Jerusalem. Don't, don't go share anything. Don't tweet this. In fact, it'd be better off, John, if you just don't say anything to anybody. <laughs> you mess up the whole thing, the whole PR. It'll be, it'll be really bad. So you guys go away into an upper room, and he says, wait in Jerusalem. And he says, because you don't have the ability to do what I'm calling you to do. You don't have the power. And he says, wait in Jerusalem, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So, so the way you get power in the physical world is you work for it. The way you get power in the spiritual world is you wait for it. Because you don't have what it takes yet. And you'll never have what it takes. You were never intended to have what it takes. John, get in the upper room. Just wait. You just, you just, just no, no, no tweeting. No, you don't need to unfriend anybody. Just go get up there in the upper room and wait. Because there you will receive the ability to do what I'm calling you to do. And later on in life, John is known as the apostle of love. 
not the son of thunder, which by the way, this is a good announcement. Uh, starting next week, we're going to start a new sermon series, and we're going to go through the book of First John. So if any of you have ever wanted to hear more about First John, we're going to go verse by verse through one of my favorite books of the Bible. And I know I say that a lot, but literally, First John, top five favorite books of the Bible. We're going to go through First John. And the key phrase of First John is love, period, like as a verb, love. Love one another, love God, love your enemies, love your neighbors, love the world, love. Uh, or as John Lennon said, it all comes down to love. I had the sneaky suspicion it was all about love. Now, I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but it is true that it is. And, and John realized that. And in fact, the early church fathers, uh, 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 Polycarp and some of those guys, like they, they brushed shoulders with John. He was much older at that stage, the longest living apostle. And they said that they would invite John to come to their little church meetings underground, you know. And, 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 and now he was like 80 some years old, I think. And that's pretty old back in those days. That's really old now, but when you didn't have a good health care system and, uh, you know, you could die from a cold infection in your, or an infection in your toe or something, like, it was a big deal. And John was old, and, 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 and they would ask John to say something, and he would never preach. All he would do is he'd stand up and he'd say, little children love one another. What is that? How do you go from that? How do you go from, let's burn the whole town down. I mean, women, children, let's just nuke them all. How do you go from that kind of violent, just disregard for human life to the main theme of my life is love? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. He will make my feet. He will make my attitude. <laughs> he will make my mouth. He will make my thinking. He doesn't, he doesn't just, you know, make me form into this particular religious box. He actually makes. I'm not faking. I've been, he's been making. Come on. <laughs> uh, he's, he's not asking me to keep to some religious system. He will make. And when he makes, then you saw those Ibex, like, like they're letting their little kids come on up there with them. I'm like, is that smart? Should you be doing that? I don't know. You get a babysitter or something? But no, they, because they know that they have within them the capability. And that's where religion fails, because at the end of the day, you know you don't have within you the capability, and you know you're really just faking it. And you're just jumping through the hoops, and you don't know how long you can keep it up. But he will make when you have an encounter with God, a real encounter with God, He changes things. He changes you. He gives you the ability. He gives you the capability. In fact, man, I just, I, I, I think that, that could even be our, our 2021 uh, just faith statement. That I don't have what it takes, but God is creating within me the ability to do what I've never been able to do before. I believe that God has created within us, as a church, the ability to do what we've never been able to do before. I believe God has created within families and parents the ability to do what they've never been able to do before. It's not about trying again. It's not about picking yourself up by your bootstraps. It is about the capability of God. And it is faith in His capabilities. It is faith in His ability. It is faith that He will make. I'm not ready. Uh, my spouse isn't ready. My church isn't ready. But he, when he comes in, when I, if I can allow him in further and deeper and more pervasive throughout every corner of my life, he will make me capable. I don't trust myself. 
because I've learned, I, you know, and, and, I, and I have a brain. <laughs> that doesn't work. I don't trust myself. I trust him. He, the Lord God himself is my capability, and he will make my feet like dear feet. The other uh, word in biblical usage is wealth. So oftentimes, oftentimes uh, the word strength here is used for wealth because it means to have an abundance of a particular resource. So, so wealth is, of course, money, right? So that, that's what we think of when we think of money. But really, money is just a resource that can get things done for you. It can fix your car if it breaks down. It can even uh, pay for doctors if you get sick. Money can do quite a bit, which is why we see that as one of the primary resources that can really help us out. And it is true, money is quite helpful. But here, uh, Habakkuk says, the Lord God himself is my, is my wealth. He is wealth. He is wealth. And in terms of finances, that means he is everything that I need financially. He is the one who pays my bills. He, now, I'm not saying I don't work for it. I'm not saying I don't do my part. But he, he answers my creditors. Scripture says that money speaks to everything. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes. I had a, a friend of mine one time quote that from the King James Version, which literally says money answers everything. And so my, 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 my pastor friend said, see, money's the answer to everything. And I said, no, it's not the answer. It just answers everything. In other words, money talks to every part of your life, which is why financial giving to God is so important, because your money is talking to you. And it's telling you lies. It's telling you either, man, you are really secure. You are safe. You have it all together. <laughs> In which case, you need to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, that's not entirely true. Because at any given moment, the stock moment, the stock market could do random things. At any given moment, some uh, politician could, could say something. At any given moment, finances could change. So that's not necessarily true. And so the best way to shut up your money is to give it to the Lord. And suddenly your money's not talking. Suddenly where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And suddenly you're listening to the voice of God. God's speaking to you. And when God says you're secure, when God says you're safe, then you can trust it. And, and sometimes money will say you're not secure, you're not safe. Everything is, is dangerous right now. You could, you, you, you could be out on the street any given moment. It'll start speaking fear to you, which is why the best way to shut up your money is to give it to the Lord. When you have a lot of it, when you have a little of it, when you give your money to the Lord, you allow God to speak to you. And instead of fear, God always speaks faith that God is my strength. God is my wealth. God is the one who's going to take care of my creditors. God is the one who's going to take care of my future. God is the one who is going to, who's going to provide, not just provide wealth, but he is wealth. When I have him, I have what I need. And if I have a lot of what I need or if I have very little of what I need, when I have him, I have exactly what I need. And I'm not going to go hungry. Actually, Scripture even says that. He, that, that, that he says, I've, I've lived long, I've seen a lot of life, but I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. In other words, people who have God have what they need. And they may not have everything you know, that you would like to have, but they have the presence of God in their life. Therefore, they have enough to do what God is calling them to do in the moment. And that, that's true. So to, so to a poor person, you know, financially poor person, wealth is money. But let me tell you, to a sick person, if you're really sick, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If the doctors can't figure it out, you could, you could have millions in the bank. 
And to a sick person, wealth is not cash. Wealth is healing. Because you would trade in all that cash to feel normal again. You would trade in all that cash to have energy again. You would trade in all that cash to get rid of this, this cancer. You would trade in, because, because really wealth is, is determined or defined by what you need. What your greatest need is in the moment. And so to a sick person, wealth is healing. To a lonely person, wealth is a friend. To a grieving person, wealth is comfort. To an anxious person, wealth is rest. To a scared person, a fearful person, wealth is security, stability. Wealth is a reassuring word. To a doubting person, wealth is a, a vote of confidence. Wealth is good news. Hey, guess what? The Bible says all of those things, those are all God. God is good news. God is healing. God is rest. God is peace. God is comfort. God is strength. That's why Habakkuk says the Lord God is my wealth. He is my abundance of resource. That's why when, when, when Moses asked, you know, who are you? He said, I am. Well, okay, you are what? <laughs> no, no, I just, I just am. And then you fill in the blank of whatever you're, you are deficient in the moment. That's what he is. He is healing. And if you need healing in your body today, he is healing. The presence of God is healing. That's why sometimes you don't even have to pray for healing. You're just in the presence of God and suddenly you receive healing because he is healing. He is emotional healing. He is, he, like, like to, to an addicted person, freedom is wealth. To an alcoholic, the ability to, to walk through life sober, that's wealth. And that's what he is. He is freedom. He is sobriety. He is strength. Like the Lord God is my strength. It's not apart from you. You don't have to ask it from him. You just get near to him. And the nearness of Jesus is this abundance. If you need finances, he is financial wealth. If you need Healing, he is healing. If you need forgiveness, he is forgiveness. To the guilty soul, a clean conscience, that is wealth. The ability to sleep at night, the ability to not beat yourself up anymore, that is wealth. And that's what he is. <laughs> the Lord God is my abundance. He is wealth. And finally, the, the, the final, final word here is a force, a force that, that is moving, like, a, like an army. The word strength can mean a force or a movement or a, a pushing forward. And that's what he is in our life. That's what he is right now. He doesn't want you to be stuck in 2020. He's pushing us. He's pushing you. And it's not because you're not enough, and it's not because you're messing up, and it's not. No, it's because he is a driving force in our life. He is the wind at our back saying, look, it's time to move forward. And that's what he does. There's a, there's a book, and I'd just like to close with this. There's this old book, which I preached through once, back the first summer of City Chapel, 2015. 
Uh, we called the sermon series Much Afraid because the main character in this old book, her name is Much Afraid. It's an allegory um, story written, I think it's back in the, the 40s or 30s, um, by, by this nun who's in a convent. And she was trying to convey, I guess, in parable form, um, her relationship with, with Jesus. And it's specific to people who are uh, Christians, people who trust in Jesus. Uh, but it's really, really interesting. She, uh, she kind of labels herself as this girl um, named Much Afraid. How many of you can identify with that? that yes, that's, that's, that's me. Um, and Much Afraid is Much Afraid because um, of the family she comes from. She comes from the family of the fearings. <laughs> and she has various fears. There's craven fear. There's all these different types of fears that she's been growing up with all of her life. And they're always talking to her and they're always telling her how she can't be what she wants to be. She can't do what she wants to do. But uh, in the process of her life, she met some servants of the shepherd. And the shepherd is a symbol of Jesus. And the shepherd lives on the high places, in the high mountains. He doesn't, he doesn't live in the valley, but he comes down to visit the valley of fear and trembling, I think it's called. And he comes down there occasionally, and he has some servants who live down there, and they always seem to be joyful. They always seem to be at peace, and so much afraid's attracted to them, and she talks to them, and, and they talk about how the shepherd is awesome and amazing, all the kind of stuff I was just telling you. He is this, and he is this, and he is this, and he is this. And, and she has, this, she has this, this experience where she puts her faith and trust in the shepherd, and she, in, she enlists, I guess, as one of the sort of under-shepherds um, for the shepherd. So she takes care of some sheep, you know. And, um, but she's still much afraid. That's still her name. And there's a lot of people in churches right now who are enlisted in the, uh, I don't know, in, in God's army. They're enlisted in the service of the shepherd, but their name really is still much afraid. And Much Afraid had a couple of issues with her. She, one, she uh, had, had trauma, past trauma in her life, and that left her, her, her one leg crippled. So she walked with a limp. And then also her face was a bit contorted uh, from an issue, I think, at birth. Um, so she felt ugly, and she felt incapable. You know, she had weaknesses. She had brokenness. And so much afraid was going about her shepherding duties and doing her stuff. And, and, and one day uh, the shepherd is, is, is down in the valley and he talks to her and he says, would you like to come to the high places with me? You know, would you like to, to, to escape the, the valley of fear and trembling? Would you like to come up and live in the kingdom of love in the high places? And she's like, you know, fascinated by that. Yes, I would love to, but, you know, I have this bum leg and I'm really ugly. I don't think I'd even fit in in the kingdom of love. I, I don't look like, I don't look lovely, you know. And the shepherd says, I don't know. We'll, like, we, we can deal with that. We can take care of that. Uh, it was based on this passage, right? He will make my feet like deer's feet. He, like, I can, I can change that. But, but you need to come with me to the, the high places if you want me to change that. And the whole book is about this story. So I'm not going to do a new sermon series on it. But if you're interested, go check out Heinz Feet on High Places. Uh, it's a classic, Christian classic. Um, really good book. And so it's about her journey to the high places, though. But the part that always stuck out to me, um, which, which I think fits with us today, I think, th I think that's really what 2020 has been. A lot of much afraids having encounters with the shepherd, and the shepherd's saying, look, you can go higher if you want to. Like, there's this, there's this kingdom of love that you could live in. There's this freedom you could experience. There's this joy you could experience. 
And many of us are still kind of doubting ourselves. And so what happened was, uh, much afraid said, yes, I'll go with you. All right. And he says, all right, so meet me uh, here tonight. Just, or no, it's, yeah, it's tonight, I think. They're supposed to meet. Anyway, the details may be a little foggy. Meet me at the foot of the mountain at a certain time, and uh, we'll go. And she says, okay. And so she, she's, she's going back about her business, going back home, and she runs into her cousin, Craven Fear, who starts, uh, you know, berating her and, and making her feel bad about herself. And then, and then and she escapes him. She gets into her house, and then all of her feeling, fearing relatives realize kind of what's happening. She's about to escape. So they all come in on the house together, and they all converge, and they all just won't let her out of the house. And they're, 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 they're giving her some tea, saying, look, we, like, it, Sometimes sympathy can, uh, sometimes, like, what we want when we feel bad is sympathy. But sometimes sympathy is a tool of the enemy to keep us afraid. Because all of her little fearing relatives, they weren't, like, mean or anything, but they were like, oh, like, you thought you could go to the high places. I'm so sorry. Like, we all know you can't do that. Like, that accident happened. It's not your fault. This thing happened to you a while ago. I mean, you've never really been able to do much, really. And besides, you've always been so homely looking. And it's just never really worked out for you. And so they're, 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 they're pouring her tea. And they're all up there in her house. And they're so, she's so busy talking with them and trying to fight them off. Trying to reason them out of her house which house is symbolic of our mind. We're so busy fighting against these fears and trying to reason them out of our mind that what happens was she missed the shepherd. The shepherd walked by the house. And the shepherd was calling out to her, but she couldn't hear the shepherd calling out to her because she was so busy fighting all the stuff in her brain. And she missed the shepherd. The shepherd went on. Uh, Jars of Clay did a song on this, uh, the, the epic 90s uh, Christian band, Jars of Clay. They, they actually did a whole album called Much Afraid, and it was based off of this book. And different songs were based on scenes from the book. Well, they did a song called um, Tea, and Sim- Tea and Sympathy. And uh, that's, that's what they're talking about. The, 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 the opening line is, um, Fare thee well, um, trading, you're, you are trading all of our words for tea and sympathy. And you wonder why you try for things you'll never be. You play your heart's lament like an unrehearsed symphony. And the idea here is that, that if, if we're not careful, we'll trade in the promises of God for sympathy. For somebody to say, oh, I know, it's tough. You'll, you, you're never really going to be that. And we trade in the promise, and yet God has this incredible offer that he's extending to us. And I feel like we need to get out of the house to those watching online, having church at home, I don't mean like out of your house per se. I mean out of the house of our heads. There's some fears you're just not going to be able to reason with. There's some doubt you're, not, you're just not going to have an answer for. And that's not the point because the Lord is my strength. He's calling us out of our heads. He's calling us out of our uh, constant battle duel between this side and that side and your past and your present. All this. He's, he, he, he's, not, he's not interested in fighting those wars. If you'll just come near to him, it's the nearness of Jesus that brings clarity. It's the nearness of Jesus that removes the, the constant chitter-chatter within your mind. It's the nearness of Jesus that, that as you step out of that fight, just like at some point, like, like, like with Much Afraid, she finally had to stop reasoning with them and just run. <laughs> we did more running and less reasoning with our fears. 
Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Reason with him. <laughs> Look at his promises. Okay, these are your promises. These are my capabilities. What's going on here? Yeah, let's reason together. Let's talk together. He will make my feet. He will do something to me. But we spend far too much time reasoning with fears instead of running from fears. Running out of the house. Like, get out of the house and just, just go to him. Just go to him. So wherever you're at right now, I just want to invite you to open up your heart and your mind and your life to him. If we just close our eyes, maybe that would help. But even just as a physical act, if you raise your hands, if you're open, if you're open to the movement of the Holy Spirit and the rest of 2020 and on into 21, if, 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 you're, if you're ready to, for God to move in further and deeper and bigger in your life than he's been before, would you just raise your hands just in an act of, of openness? Say, I'm open, Lord. I'm open to you. Right there in your couch, raise your hand and say, I'm open to you. You don't have to leave, you know, your physical house, but there's a, there's a mental house that you've been locked up in and you've been talking to your fears and you've been walking around with them and you've been getting your tea and your sympathy and you've been looking on Facebook for people to feel bad for you and that's all good and well, but you'll never be changed if you stay in your house. You must have the nearness of Jesus. There must be fellowship with him. He says, if any man open the door, I will come in to him. You say, well, I don't understand him. Well, that's fine. You don't have to understand him to open up the door to him. You say, I'm not sure about him. That's fine. You don't have to be sure about him to open the door to him. He will prove himself. He is his own. He is strength himself. Like, you don't have to have it worked out. You just say, God, I need something more than myself. It's not working out where I'm at. I need something more. And, and this, is, this is all much afraid was saying. I don't have the capability in myself. I don't have the self-worth in myself. I need something more. The shepherd said, I have something more for you. So, Father, we come before you right now. We believe that you have something more for each and every one in this room, each and every one online, each and every one in all of Austin, in all the world. You have a plan for all of us. You desire that all of us should walk on our high hills. And it's different for each one of us. The challenges that we face are different for every single one. But you have, you have a transformational power that you want to work in our lives. So, Lord, we open up ourselves to you. We're open. We're open. We open up the front door. Maybe that's, maybe that's your, your role today. Maybe you've never opened up the door to him or it's been years and years since you did. Just open up the front door. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you. You are God. I believe in you. I put my faith in you. I trust in you for salvation, that you died for my sins, that you rose again on the third day, that you offer me forgiveness of my sins. And I welcome you into my life. That's the front door. Then maybe, they, maybe he's been in the living room for a while and he, you've let him see all your nice refined stuff and it looks good, but there's some messy areas in your life that you have not allowed him in. The kitchen is a mess Just welcome him in. Not so that he'll do the cleaning, but so that there will be intimacy between you and him. That's what intimacy is. I let you see my junk. I let you see me when I'm real, when I'm raw. So Jesus, we welcome you into some of these messier areas. We don't wait to try to fix it. And we don't, we don't welcome you in just because you're a good maid and you'll fix it. No, we welcome you in because you're a friend, because you're family. Family can go anywhere. 
We welcome you in because you're our Father. We welcome you in because we trust you not to judge us. We welcome you in because we know that you are capable of fixing it, but that you would rather walk alongside us and help us change us so that our future looks different than our past, so that we don't always have to call you in as a maid service to come clean up all of our messes, but that you will walk with us, that you won't judge us, that you'll walk with us, that you'll come into our bedrooms, that you'll come into our closets, that you'll dig out the past. You'll, you'll, in, in, in all of these things, you will be our strength, our wealth, our ability, our power. This is what Jesus did with his disciples actually before even before Pentecost he breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit I just speak to you right now wherever you're at receive the Holy Spirit receive the, the Spirit of God who is Christ in the Spirit and he will dwell with you richly and he will permeate into your being receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the friendship of the Holy Spirit. Receive the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Receive the joy that comes by walking alongside. As many as are led by the Spirit, let them keep in step with the Spirit, for it is in Him that we live and that we move and that we have our being. We receive the Holy Spirit and we receive more of Him. We allow Him into further areas of our life. We, we allow Him into further restricted areas of our past, even our memories. We don't even hold back our... We, hold, we allow you to come into our memories. We allow you to come into our dreams and into our disappointments. We allow you to come into our trauma. We allow you to come into our hurt and our pain. We allow you to come into our, uh, the areas in our life that we feel ugly, that we feel incapable. We allow you to step into our joys, our dreams, the stuff that fires us up, that makes us, that makes us excited about the future. We allow you to step into our already areas of abundance, take control and give direction and give and lend 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 direction to and and, and shape and form and direct. We that, that as, as Matthew Henry said, that if we could see you in everything, we would see everything in you. Welcome you. We welcome you. We're open. In Jesus' name we pray.